1: a podcast. It hit record numbers, and I want to thank everybody who participated in listening to the show and enjoying it, sharing it, and letting me know your thoughts on it. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much for going ahead and sharing the show and just loving what we put out on a weekly basis. Now, let's get into the Art Bell iTunes five star rating and reviews. This week we have Amy R28326, Lynn Morrell, still getting calls, Erica Solis. H.R. Nut 73, Eddie's 92, Mike and Mitch, Arnie Wilbur 27, Mad Mike 435, Carrie Mullins SFC, Marley's Three Little Birds, P. Bobo, V. Girl, Big Dog Roadhog, Amy Just Amy's, Da L, Arc Gabriel 27, and Ricky Honest. Thanks so much for going to iTunes and leaving that five-star rating and review. It helps the show a lot on iTunes, and I do appreciate it. Now, if you go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and sign up to become a patron, you also get a shout-out in the following week's show. And this week's shout-outs is Mary Soul L, Esau L, Patrick F, Rick, Richard, Melanie D, Connie, Kara O, and Trinity L. Thanks so much for going to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and signing up to become a patron. Thank you very much. And like I said last week, patrons just pay attention. There's some changes coming down the pike and you will be the first ones to know. So just stay tuned to what's coming out. Now, this week's show, we have a two-part show coming for you. The first interview we do is Elijah, who lived in a haunted house that he says had something absolutely evil in it. And then we bring on David, and David had a near-death experience that he actually describes what he saw on the other side, and he said it felt like it was two months or more that he was actually living in this beach paradise before he was brought back. So let's get into it right now. Okay. Today we have Elijah coming on, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good, man. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So I know you know how all this stuff goes because you're a patron and uh, all that fun stuff. But uh, you emailed me, sh- I think it was shortly after you became a patron, to tell me that you've had experiences yourself. And uh, one of the experiences you listed here in the email... Uh, I had my own opinions and ideas on it. So what I'll do is I'll let you tell the people the story and then we'll talk about it. So what happened and how did this whole thing turn out for
2: you?
0: Okay. Uh, I guess just kind of like go into it. Um, I've always kind of been, I guess, sensitive, you could call it to stuff like this. Um, I've, my grandmother has told me stories of when I was three, four years old of looking for, not only looking for relatives that have passed, but calling them by nicknames that it was impossible for me to know um there's stuff like that every house we've lived in i've always sensed heard felt something um the that story that i emailed you about we were living in this one particular house we lived in for about six years Uh, i was about 12 13 when it happened um we always had stuff happening at the house whether it was just something as simple as stuff going missing and then all of a sudden popping up in a place that we've already looked at you know 300 times and there's no reason it should be there we've had uh back when we had a landline we had phones jumping off the hook flying at um uh, one of us whoever might have been in the room we've had glasses break doors slam all kind of stuff like that. Um, but this one particular incident, it was, like I said, I was about 12, 13. I was in my bedroom at night. It was late one night and I had a, a chair next to my bed that I used for a desk to do homework or whatever. And I had a white blanket on that chair. Every night, everything's fine, you know, no problems, nothing. Well, this one night in particular, I kind of half dozed off and I woke up, and all I could see was an old lady sitting in the chair staring at me. And if it was just an old lady, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but the look on her face was just pure, unfiltered hatred. It was, it was, it was pretty scary. It was, I've never seen a person be able to make a make a face like that or have emotion displayed on their face like that. She there were she didn't say anything, she didn't move, she just stared at me. I rolled over, you know, it it'll go away, I'll fall asleep, it'll go away. Well a couple of times I would wake up in the middle of the night, kinda of roll back over, and she would be there. And this went on the entire night, I haven't seen it again, but that's something that's always always stuck with me, yeah,
1: you know it would stick with me too, so this has only happened one time, but do you ever get the feeling that that old lady you saw had something to do with you know things flying off the wall and things like that
0: it It could be because thinking back. the years that we were at that house there was some pretty dark stuff in that house there it affected my parents in a bad way uh it affected me and my siblings in a bad way we all experienced things uh we always hated to be alone we always felt like there was something watching us it was it was just a rough house and and it's weird even after we left the house if I would happen to pass by it. It would just cripple me. Like I would do anything to avoid it. And now I've moved and I'm living not too far from that house. So I pass it pretty often. And since then they've torn down the house and everything. So it's not as bad, but it's even just passing by the property. You can still feel it.
1: Yeah. I can understand that. I mean, sometimes they carry weight. I mean, but you just said passing by the property that you still feel it is that something that you think that you feel because you know what happened there or do you think there's actually still something there on the land
0: I I think there's still something there on the land there was it I always felt it whenever I passed by the house before they tore it down but even now it's if I pass by I can still feel it I know it's still there and I have this weird feeling that it's not going to follow me, but it knows when I'm passing by.
1: And where, where is this again? Like it's, we're in the country, Alabama or something like that?
0: Louisiana and Baton I was, Rouge.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Well, there's Baton Rouge. So there you go. Uh, I've heard, yeah. <laughs> I've heard stories. Um, so that's interesting man and uh, do you think now i we talked about it a little bit before but you know when i heard the story i was like i wonder if that's a night hag uh now for me i don't really know a ton about night hags i've tried looking into it but there's not a whole lot of information out there and i hate to feel like every time i hear a story of an old lady in a, as an apparition that i'm like oh, night hag but there are sometimes these distinct characteristics of night hags that kind of give them away—the uh, the grungy look of their clothing or uh, the the absolute scowl that you were talking about. Uh, but yes. what was was it something where like she looked like she was grungy and dirty and just I don't know witchy.
0: Yeah, it it and that's something I've never told anybody before too is that it she she wasn't completely like see-through. So I could see some of what she was like, what her clothes would have been. And, and it was almost, I don't know if this would be the right way to explain it, but almost like those gypsy rags, just kind of tattered clothing, stuff like that. So yeah, that, that sounds a lot like it.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because as before you said gypsy rags, I was going to say rags and I'm glad I didn't say rags uh, that you said it first. Um, that that's something that's a very common description. That they're wearing like just raggedy clothes. Uh, sometimes people even describe a smell that comes with it, like a, just a putrid smell, uh, mm-hmm. and that they look absolutely frightening. That the anger that just p- pours out of them is so scary. I have uh, in the future, I have a, an interview scheduled where I'm going to be bringing on. It's basically a family. It's a a father and his two sons. And the two sons were telling dad about how they were seeing this old lady in their room and he doesn't pay any attention to it. Now he's a police officer. One night he's backing into the driveway and he sees her behind his car, standing there looking at him. And so he became a believer too. And so they're going to come on and share their story at some point. Uh, But yeah, so I I definitely, I hear different stories of these night hags and it's just, it's something that I definitely don't want to come across personally. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like little a little girl in in the, at the end of a hallway kind of thing where it's just like it's a little girl but it's still freaky same thing with old lady it's like it's an old lady who cares but it's freaky you know what I mean
0: yeah yeah like when 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 you see it when you're there and you can just see the look on its face it's 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 just something different
1: uh, that's that's the way I feel too so I, I just I hope I never come across that stuff. Uh, we'll see what happens. I got a long life ahead of me yet, so we'll see. <laughs> but you know, it's good that it only happened to you one time. That, I mean, that's, that's one good thing that you weren't being tormented. Cause I mean, seeing it one time is enough to keep you awake at night for a couple months. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And, and with that, you know, on top of everything else that was going on in the house, it would have just, yeah, it could have gotten out of hand, but pretty fast.
1: So I know you have uh, another experience here that you wanted to share about your sister. So what happened there?
0: All right. So, um, my sister moved to New Orleans I think maybe a year ago to start school at um UNO. Um she just recently a couple months ago uh started renting a house with her boyfriend. Um and My mom knows that whenever it comes to this kind of stuff out of the five of us with my parents and my siblings, it's always, I'm the one that I have the most interactions with everything. So she was telling me, you need to talk to her. She's got stuff going on. Well, come to find out that when they moved in the house, she was just petrified to be alone. She would work twice as much as she scheduled to, just so she wouldn't have to be home alone. Whenever she is home alone, she would hear voices laughing at her. Uh, She would see shadows darting down the hallway, things like that. Well, when she came home, I talked to her. She told me about these things. And, you know, I told her, I said, look, I said, you you can't let this have power over you. You need to proclaim the fact that you know, you're a child of God, they don't have any power, you know, don't show any fear, call it out, do whatever you have to do. And there was, um, I had a cross that I always kept on the chain that my mom gave me when I was about 11, 12 years old, never took it off. And I said, here, take this. It's given me the protection I've needed. You take it, you know, just, just don't, it doesn't have power over you. Don't let it think it does. Well, a couple of weeks go by. She says it's still happening, but not as much. And my mom calls me after work one day and she says, you really need to call her. She had something happen. She said she passed out in the middle of the bathroom floor one night. She saw things, this and that. She's okay now. just. You need to call her and talk to her. And I immediately, I had a vision, and I'll circle back to this, but I had a vision, and I knew what happened without getting any details, specifics, whatever. And a day or two after that, I called her. I said, look, I said, what's going on? I said, I know something happened. Well, she told me that she got up in the middle of the night, Went to go use the bathroom, ended up falling out on the bathroom floor. She was she was conscious, but she couldn't breathe, she couldn't move, she couldn't talk. Well, she looks up and there's a black figure sitting in the bathtub, just staring at her. And what was weird about it is, whenever my mom called me, I knew the I knew it was a black figure. I knew the position it was sitting in the bathtub. I knew the color of the eyes. I, it's, it's like, I was there watching it too before without knowing anything. She called, she told me all of that. I said, look, I said, just go home, pray. You know, you'll be okay. Let me do, let me look into a few things and I'll talk to you in a few days. A couple of days passed by. And I said, look, I said you need to you need to get some sage. Do go ahead and do a cleansing. It'll be good for you and Nick anyway. And um lost some train of thought. Go ahead, get some sage, do a cleansing. I said, if this ever happens again, I said you need to call it out as much as you possibly can. I said, but you cannot you can't show any fear you can't show any weakness because if you do it will get worse i told her you know what i would pray when i experienced similar things or just things that bothered me i said call upon uh michael the archangel i sent her that prayer i said say that so just make sure you're praying every night before you go to bed when you wake up all of that and I think she came down the week after that, and she said everything had slowed down to almost, I mean, she said it was rare that something happened. She was comfortable being home alone. She um, wasn't having any dark thoughts. She wasn't hearing anything, anything like that. But I thought it was just crazy that I could see everything before I even knew what happened.
1: No, I mean that that is crazy. And is that something that is normal for you?
0: Um I've had something kinda similar happen. Um it wasn't it wasn't as scary as I think that would have been, but I've had I guess you could say it was similar. Uh we can go into that if you want.
1: No, yeah, go ahead.
0: Um, well, this was I'm 23 now. It's probably been about five years. Uh, I was still living with my parents and one night I had fallen asleep on the couch in the living room. And the way our house was set up is it was real open. When you walked in the front door, you were immediately, you were in the kitchen and to your right was the dining room and the living room. And then in between that was all, it was all open. And, uh, so yeah, one night I had fallen asleep on the couch, and I remember waking up. There was a coffee table next to the couch. I remember waking up, and there was a figure sitting on the coffee table, looking at me. But there was also across from that, like on by the foot of the couch. There was—I don't know if you've ever watched um, any like medical shows or whatever, but when they're walking interns to the hospital and there's like a group of them and they stop and talk and then they'll keep walking. It was, it seemed like a group like that. It seemed like they were watching or studying me. And what was weird is they were, they were all white. It was kind of like a translucent white. There was about five or six of them. And the figure That was next to me sitting on the coffee table. The best way I can describe the visual that I remember is Baphomet. But it was, it didn't feel malicious at all. It's just that's the best way I can describe, I guess, what it looked like. And I remember I saw that. I remember thinking, you know, what's, what's going on. I kind of looked around and then immediately just fell right back asleep. Well, I remember waking up again that night and the figure that was next to me sitting on the coffee table was gone. But the group of five or six that were watching me, they were still there in the same position, just kind of looking at me and never Heard anything? And nobody ever tried to talk to me, nothing like that. And I remember falling asleep, waking up the next morning, and everything was back to normal.
1: Yeah, that's that's a little odd, you know. Like if you're if you're yeah. experiencing that, uh, it, I don't know. I don't know how you can discern whether something feels malicious or not just by seeing it, uh. It, do you think? Could you describe that more? Like, what made you feel like what you were seeing wasn't malicious?
0: It. I'm honestly, I I'm not sure. It's. I've always had a knack of being able to tell if it's a good energy or a bad energy. Um. I've I've picked up on stuff all throughout my childhood, throughout my life, and stuff like that, and. I've just always been able to tell if it's good or bad. I don't know how I can tell. It's just something in my gut. I've known when things are bad and I've known when to back away and when to stand up for myself. And I've also known, you know, this this isn't going to hurt me or it's it's not out to harm me. And that may be like I said just from experience from seeing and interacting and stuff like that with positive energies whether it be um, family members or just positive things in general that i've seen that have passed and also experienced dealing with negative things and being in a house where i know there's something bad here and it's you know i don't want to be here any longer than i have to you
1: know I- I always wonder if it's something where can we trust our feelings in these kind of moments? Uh, because I mean, we hear about people talking about how they're you know they experience mind speak and they experience more more supernatural type of experiences when along comes along the paranormal type stuff. And if that stuff really happens, I always wonder: like, is it possible that whatever's going on? could actually control our minds in some way, or at least infiltrate our minds to uh, put seeds of feelings and information in there that may not be true. And I know there's no real way to figure that out and understand if that's true or not what I just said. But uh, I always just, you know, sometimes my mind goes off wandering. And I always wonder that sometimes, you know, it's just like, can we trust our feelings in these kind of moments? Because the feelings are, our feelings is really all we have to guide us in these kind of moments. You know, like you have your eyes yeah. that you're seeing, and you're you're you you're physically see whatever you're you're physically seeing or physically feel if something touches you. But like your emotions and your and, and your and your thoughts and feelings on your experience that you're having really guide you. You know, like if something were to touch you when you have an experience and you pull away out of fear. Well, you're pulling away because you fear, and fear is an emotion, right? And so it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if that made any sense. Maybe I'm just rambling. No, no.
0: <laughs> you, I completely understand that, and you, you could be right because uh, there have been, and it's seen a lot where malicious entities or demons or whatever you want to call it, will disguise itself as a child or a little girl or something innocent and and that's also got me thinking because in the house where i had the first experience my mom did see a little girl a lot it was and she said that it looked it looked enough like my sisters to at a glance think it was them but she would see it in the in the middle of the day when she was home alone and we were all off at school so that's happened and and I could definitely see that being a possibility i've also had an experience where i had contact a couple times with an entity That I, again, I perceived as a little girl that I, I don't know if I was told or if I just kind of knew this, but it was a situation to where it latched on to my youngest sister because they were similar in age, but it ended up like, um, can't think of the word but it ended up talking or communicating with me because I was the only one out of my immediate family that could go past just seeing and hearing and for a while whenever that was going on I would have stuff happen you know nothing huge or crazy but it would be stuff I would walk in my bedroom and my lamp would be on whenever I knew I had turned it off or I would have pillows on the other side of the room or on the floor next to the bed, stuff like that and and you're right, it could very well be something else portraying as something innocent just to suck us in,
1: yeah, and that's and that's what i I guess I'm concerned with at times, and uh I think about, and you know the longer I do the show, the more. I've learned how to communicate with strangers. You know, I, that's essentially what I do. I, I talk to people who I've never talked to before and they share intimate things about their life that they've experienced. And I, I never want to feel like I'm betraying their trust. Uh, but w- the more I do it, the more I learn that I can communicate with people in a way that isn't offensive. Uh, like I just did with you, where it's just like, I do I question if we can if we can trust our feelings in these kinds of moments because these entities and are they they clearly have abilities that we don't understand and that we don't we can't do ourselves, and if that's the case, what else can they do? can they make us feel things that uh are not true or you know there's just so many different ways you can go about it and it's just you know for me, it's it's one of those things where you, you know you, you drive around all day for work, and you just start thinking about things, and sometimes you think about that for you know two three hours straight, you know. So
0: yeah, it is. No, what I'm, it is. I'm totally with you on that because there was, and honestly, my mom, me and my mom talk about stuff like this a lot. And now that I'm thinking about it, she per- portrayed the same question to me uh, a while back. Me and my girlfriend were having a lot of issues. We had just moved into the house we're at now. And it was it was a real rough for a little while. And I had come home one day and I was talking to her. And she asked me, she said, well, do you think this is something that y'all are actually having trouble with and need to address and things like that? do you think something is trying to force its way in and create havoc in your life and in the house and things like that and it was something that I had thought about before we had even talked about it But, but yeah, I do agree I do definitely think that entities whether they're good or bad they do have abilities like you said that we don't have and I think one of the ones that's strongest or used the most is to affect our emotions and perceptions. On the
1: most basic level, you can understand that that's true. I mean, when people experience the things that come along with the paranormal, one of the most common experiences that they say is they were scared. They feared it. Well, it definitely affects your emotions, you know? And so if these things have the abilities that we think they might be able to have, could they affect our emotions with intent? You know, towards a certain direction. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but it's and I feel like just to go back to that, I I feel like they can to a certain extent because I've been in the presence of family members that I've passed, and I've felt emotions that I knew weren't mine, and I've also just out of nowhere felt negative emotions that I knew weren't mine, but it was a lot easier to shake that off than it was the, the happiness and joy and things like that, that i felt from family members.
1: Did you say it was a lot easier to shake that off?
0: Yes. I made, it was easier to shake that off, and that made me because, you know, I knew it wasn't coming from a good place. So I was able to just get back into a headspace that was more of my own. But yeah, it was, it was easier to shake the negative feelings than it was to shake the, the happiness and joy and things like that that I felt from family members.
1: That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, from my own personal experiences, uh, positive experiences in life tend to fade at least for me and the negative is what kind of leeches on and holds on to me. I mean, for instance, I mean, if somebody gives me a compliment on the show, uh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. You know? And then the next day I'm not thinking about it. You know, I appreciate it in the moment, but I'm not thinking about the next day. But if somebody comes to me and says, Hey Tony, your show really sucks. It could be good, but if you stop doing it, be better. Uh, it was just really mean to me. Um, you know i'm going to i'm going to think about that a week later probably you know because <laughs> it hurts yeah. you know and so it's it's interesting that you say it that way because i would have thought it would be a diff- the opposite direction
0: and i i think i think that could tie into just the way we accept it and the way we think of it if you know if we think it's something in my case, if it's if it's something negative and we need to get rid of it and we need to purge it out of our mind, it might be easier to do that than to say, oh, well, I need to get rid of this happiness and this joy. And on the flip side, like with what you're talking about, I think it it may be harder to shake something negative just because you you want to be better. You don't want to have that that negativity again. That that may be the case with that.
1: Yeah, it certainly could be. I mean, and also I think that people are individuals and each individual person reacts to things differently, you know, and that's why I don't ever uh, question or, uh, you know, at anybody's reaction to any kind of experience they've ever had because people react differently. Uh, I've talked to people where when they experience something paranormal, they started laughing. They were scared, but they started laughing. I don't understand that. But people experience things and they, they, they react in their own way. You know what I mean? And so it's yeah. it's very interesting. Just the human psyche, which is something that I am just... It's not really my wheelhouse at all, (laughs) but it's interesting to think about nonetheless, uh, going back to your sister's experience, uh, what what would you say that that whole thing was? I mean, with, with, with you and being able to see it before you were told it happened. I mean, what, what would you describe that as a psychic ability? What what do you think? Um,
0: honestly, I'm, I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. I've I've had a lot of stuff happen. And I've seen, heard, felt a lot of things. I've communicated multiple times, but I've never had anything like that happen. It it's I've been thinking about it the last couple of days and the closest explanation I can give to it is I needed to know that it happened because I don't know that she would have known or trusted anyone else to go to with help for that. And I had, you know, even if, even though it was just a prayer that's been around for ages, it's, I had the insight, you know, to tell her, say this when you get up, say this when you go to bed, do this, do that. It's, I don't know. I kind. I just kind of felt like I was shown that because I needed to know.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's very possible. I mean, I, I don't know. I know, like, is ESP uh psychic ability? You know, I, I would say yes, it, it is. Um, and even like, I think I shared this on the show before. When I was a kid, I mean, I, I had an experience where I remember, uh, there was times where I would feel like I knew something was going to happen before it happened. And then it would happen. And I remember the one time I'm sitting on the couch and I'm just like, I feel like the phone's going to ring. So I got up and my dad's sitting there watching TV with me. I think my mom was in the kitchen. I got up, I walked over to the phone, reached my hand out. And as soon as I'm about to pick up the phone, it rings. And I just pick it up in all one motion answer is for my mom. I hand the phone to my mom. I turn around. My dad looks at me. and He's like, did you know it was going to ring? I was like, I I think I told him. Yeah, but I don't remember what I told him, but I'm pretty sure I told him. Yeah. And it's just like one of those things where we just didn't talk about it after that, but it's something that doesn't happen to me anymore. It's weird. Like I I remember as a kid that would happen to me randomly. And it seemed like at one point in my life, it was getting to be consistent where I was recognizing it, but not anymore. You know, I don't know. It's weird.
0: Something with me too that kind of plays into that that's also weird is, you know, the normal person will have, or I, I'm guessing here, but, you know, normally a person would have or experience deja vu once, you know, every little while, every once in a you know, blue moon or whatever. But I have it happen almost two or three times a week. It's, and, It's not that I remember dreams or anything like that. It's just something will happen and I'll know that's what it is. And it's like, I've been here before. It just happens so much.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's another thing. I mean, deja vu. What is that? You know, like everybody's experienced it. You know, I'm pretty sure everybody's experienced it. It's very weird though. And what's really weird is when you have deja vu with somebody else who's having deja vu that is weird. Yeah, That is weird. That's happened to me, uh, once before. And that was weird. Cause it was like, we were both experiencing deja vu and he said he was experiencing, and I was like, me too. <laughs> it was just so weird. It was so weird. And we, and we weren't even in the same room together. We were actually, uh, talk, talking over, you know, uh, I don't know what it was, Skype or Facebook video, something like that. It was just really weird. It was absolutely weird.
0: Yeah. And I've, I've heard people, try to explain deja vu a hundred different ways um i had this teacher in high school that i remember we had this really long talk about it and he his thought process was you know oh well life is you know so predictable i was like yeah i was like to a certain extent but you know if if you have it and then two or three weeks later You know, you have that experience and it's with new people, new places, you know, stuff like that. How is life so predictable that you knew you were going to meet this person that you didn't know existed three weeks from now and then have that deja vu experience?
1: Well, listen, before we get out of here, what's your one take on all this stuff? I mean, everything that you've experienced when it comes to your sisters and the visions that you had with her, the night hag or what we would say is a night hag. Do you think that all this stuff originates from uh, one place Uh, or do you think that these, there's very different things going on here that are just outside our realm of reality that we're experiencing?
0: I honestly, I think it's a mix of both for, for a while I was, dead set on it's either you know good or evil and that's it but more of us in the year show and uh, even Wes's shows other shows it's there's a lot more that's happening that's not just good or evil and I haven't I haven't made up my mind on the rest of it yet
1: and that's perfectly fine man that's perfectly fine well Elijah man I really appreciate you coming on and talking bro
0: Oh, man, thanks for having me.
1: All right. Well, that was Elijah. And thank you, Elijah, for coming on the show and sharing your experiences. It was a great conversation. Thank you very much. Now, next up, we have David. So let's get into it right now.
2: 2010, I had a bypass uh, heart surgery but uh, this surgery kind of went uh, not as, as planned during that time that I was you know under uh, the medically induced coma I started remembering that, that I was in a place that I felt like I was in a holding place I was on a beach and it was nighttime, and there was trees all around me, and and I was just looking out into the uh, the lake, and there was mountains in the distance, and you know the the stars and everything at night. It just it was beautiful. It was it was a very intense, beautiful place. It, it felt like I was there for months. And before going into this, uh, someone told me about a near death experience. This is. So far from what I would have pictured anything to be.
1: David, you actually had a near death experience, didn't you?
2: Yes, actually I did. Yeah, it was, uh, quite in, quite intense.
1: <laughs> yeah, I-, I can imagine. I mean, uh, I've been wanting to talk to people that had near death experiences and stuff. And I've talked to a few here and there and stuff, but, uh, I'm really excited about hearing your story and stuff. So why don't you just walk us into, uh, what happened, man?
2: All right. Yeah. Um, my, my actual near death experience part of it is, is a lot different than all the ones that I've heard about with the, uh, white light and the tunnel and all these things. But yeah. So in, uh, two, 2010, I had a, uh, uh, bypass the uh, heart surgery um, and everything was fine and, and uh, it, it went all right. And then a few years after that, I had another heart attack. Um, and then, you know, I I had uh, in 2016, I had uh, some stents put in. Then I had another heart attack after that. And anyway, fast forward to the November uh, 2016. And... Uh, I had another bypass surgery, but, uh, this surgery kind of went uh, not as, as planned. Apparently my heart was, uh, more swollen than they had anticipated. They were unable to close my chest. Um, so, uh, the surgery was supposed to last, you know, five, six hours. It wound up lasting, um, I believe 12 hours. Um, and during that time, you know, I, My family's just wondering what's happening. They come out and say, hey, they can't close this chest. Well, they're going to try in a few days. Well, a few days passed, um, and they tried to uh, close my chest. They could not do it then as well. All right, a couple more days. It wound up being five days. They went in and finally were able to close my chest. So meanwhile, all this time, I was uh, um, sedated and, and in a medically induced coma. and um i was on the vent for uh gosh for a long time it was almost uh, a couple weeks that i was on the vent which is uh, the breathing tube and apparently something went wrong with the tube inside uh me they said that the balloon had bursted or or popped and i wound up throwing that up and in that time um it caused me to go into a cardiac arrest and I was actually, uh, they were trying to revive me for about a minute and a little over a minute. And they were able to get me going again. Um, but then after that, even then I was on, uh, so, so much, uh, uh, so so many drugs and and so many things. And, uh, you know, they were uh, doing constant dialysis and all my, my my kidneys were failing. Everything was failing on me, and and during this time, I mean, my toes turned black. there, there was all kinds of stuff going on with me, and this I thought was just going to be a normal surgery. Well, anyway, fast forward a couple weeks, I wake up, and you know, it's a uh, thing. I didn't know my birthday had passed. I didn't know where where I was really, it just kind of slowly began to real come to realization what had happened to me. Um, my family did not tell me what had happened to me during that time while I was in the hospital, um, while I was still trying to come to. They uh, pretty much just kind of said, "Yeah, you had some issues, and that was it." But slowly but surely, I started remembering a little bits here and there. Okay, oh yeah, I, I had some type of complications. I don't know. Um, I knew I couldn't walk, and I could barely move. And- I was having some major issues, so I was in the uh, hospital during that time for uh two months, and I was able to go home and had a lot of complications after that but the main thing is during that time that i was uh you know under uh under uh, the medically induced coma i started remembering that that I was in a place that I felt like I was in a holding place. Uh, it wasn't like a uh any place that I could really I, I try to put it into words, try to explain it and it's really difficult, but it, it felt like I was on a beach and it was nighttime and there was uh just trees all around me and and I was just looking out into the uh I don't know if it was an ocean or a lake but the lake and there was mountains in the distance and you know the the stars and everything at night it just it was beautiful it was it was a very intense uh beautiful place and I felt like I was there for gosh it, it felt like I was there for months and I was just I knew I was just waiting it was a waiting place and that's what I remember it as during that time I also Saw uh, out of. I saw my aunt. She had passed away when I, I was twelve. I'm uh, uh, 44 years old. She passed away when I was twelve. I I maybe saw her a couple times in my life before then. Didn't know her very well. She, uh, but she was the one that came to me in that place. I don't remember us having a conversation. I just remember thinking, "Wow, my aunt's here." And now looking back on it, I can go, wow, out of all the people that have passed in my life, my aunt, <laughs> she's the one that came to see me. And that I thought was really odd. Um, then uh, I also have this distinct feeling of there was some type of uh, transportation <laughs> For lack of another uh, description, it, it felt like almost like a a ship or a tram or a gosh, I can't really see it, but I felt like it was it would transport these people to a different place, and it felt like it felt very science fiction. And and if before going into this, if someone told me about a near death experience, this is so far from what I would have pictured anything to be but it really felt like I was at this place waiting and they were shipping other people uh, away on this either ship or monorail type thing uh, uh, to a different uh, planet (laughs) it's really really odd Uh, (laughs) it's yeah that's, that's pretty much the near death experience, but another little twist of the whole thing, and this is really odd to me because I've never experienced anything like this. But after all this is said and done, I have this sudden fear of nuns and uh, convent. No idea. I mean, it, it, I have nightmares about them. I, I, you know, they, I see something on TV and it just freaks me out and I just have to shut it off. I never had any issues like that growing up and, and in the past at all, but only ever since all this experience, that is the little icing on the cake. So <laughs> that's my story.
1: <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, did did you happen to have any run-ins with like nuns or something like that in the office before you went into your surgery?
2: Or not the office no, the hospital? no. No, not at all. I, I don't remember seeing any nuns or or priests or nothing like that. I was in the hospital for, you know, a week before my surgery. I mean, I could have seen some, but I had nothing, no run-ins that I can recall.
1: When you <laughs> were there in this, just, let's just call it the waiting area. Uh, what okay. about it made you feel like you were in a holding spot? I mean, was there like was it just the environment or were, were were there any other people other than other than your aunt that you saw or
2: yeah the the only time i saw anybody else was when they were on the let's just call it ship uh being transported i could see them in windows um, but other than that i saw my aunt and that was it and the reason why i felt like it was a holding place is is i really felt like i was it it was like it was more of a feeling of someone said okay you're going to stay right here until we figure out what you we're gonna what's gonna happen with you and this is i mean kind of like my limbo or whatever so it just it felt like this is the place i was gonna be i was at peace and i just felt like i was waiting
1: how real did it feel i mean when when you're there uh, I mean because obviously you've experienced millions of dreams in your lifetime uh did it feel like a dream, or did this feel like you were actually physically no. there?
2: It was night and day difference between a dream. it felt so vivid and so real. I could smell I could feel the the temperature it was just like a perfect temperature of you know probably seventy degrees, but it Unless you were there, you can't really describe the the feeling of actually being there it is so different from a dream. I honestly, the god feel that I was there. Um while they were working on my body or while all this stuff was happening, I was there and they were trying to <laughs> while they were working everything out. And it felt like I was there a lot longer than I was. That that was another thing i I mean it felt like i was there a couple months and i was only uh, yeah and i I was only in the whole hospital for like two months so um and and i didn't remember all this instantly this this took a long time for it to just slowly but surely start to uh to come to my to remembering it and i've since i've gone to therapy and i've tried to work things out trying to get things in my mind because it, it really kind of screwed me up a little bit trying to work out what's really happened to me. I mean, I, I'm fairly young to have all these medical issues that just came up on me surprised
0: surprised right.
2: me and, and my family. And and now I, I have this, uh, it, it, the visions of, of this place are still really vivid to me. So it's, uh, it's something that it's not a, a dream that, that, i had i really feel like i was there
1: yeah and so everything that was there you know your aunt the ship i mean well i guess this is not normal because i was going to say did everything <laughs> seem normal uh, other than the ship i mean the the people that you saw looking out the window they weren't like alien entities or anything like that they were just they looked like normal people
2: they were they looked like humans. i didn't see any alien entities i didn't feel any alien entities i I I honestly I felt like if somebody could put you on an island and say okay wait here until we come get you and you can't leave this beach that's kind of what it felt like. I mean so I was, you had
1: a you stayed on the beach.
2: Yeah, it was on the beach the whole time. I was I could feel the sand. I could see, and the sand was a uh, very white sand, but and sparkly, and and it was very very I don't, I don't know i don't can't even explain the word, but yeah, I was on the beach the whole time
1: now was that was that something that was told you to do, or did you just decide to stay on the beach you, or was it just one of those things where you're just because you, you you said that you felt like this is a holding spot like you really didn't your consciousness didn't really long to wander around,
2: and that's exactly what it was. my consciousness didn't feel the need to go anywhere else except wait here so that's where i waited and i just i mean i could i wish i could paint because i could see this in my head i can see it so vividly the shapes of the mountains the the distance of the water the and i've since i've looked online tried to find pictures so i could be like this is kind of what it is to show my wife and, and but that nothing i can't i can't really Describe what it is. I really wish I could paint it because I, I yeah.
1: can see it. <laughs> it sounds lonely, man. That sounds really lonely. Like I, I, I'm by myself all the time in a truck. I mean, I'm driving truck. I'm by myself, but at least I get to come home to my wife and my son. But you know, let's just say two months. Even though you said it felt longer than than when you were actually in the hospital, let's just say two months. Two months of being on a beach by yourself, not wandering around, but being on the beach. That sounds lonely.
2: Yeah, yeah, it it. You know, it sounds lonely, but it didn't feel lonely. It felt like I was at peace. I was just like, you know what? This is what's happening. I wasn't scared. I was just, I felt like I was in a peaceful place. And and, <laughs> gosh, it, it's so hard to put into words, but it really felt like I was okay with where I was at. Until they figured out what was, they were going to do with me, whether me uh, have died and and moved on or go back to my body. But as far as I'm concerned, I was not there in my body. I was at this this location, wherever it was, and I can honestly feel I didn't feel earthly. It felt like it was some other place. So so it, it so, go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, with all that said, uh, what are your thoughts on when we die? I mean, going into this, you surely yeah. at some point in your life thought about, is there life after death? And then after this experience, maybe it's still the same or it's changed. But I mean, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? I mean, you, you experienced something where you felt like you were being held uh, to either move on or, or whatever. Uh, does... how did did that affect you with how you view what happens when we die? Do you, do you have any beliefs? I mean, are you atheist? What, what, what do you think, man?
2: You know what? I was, I was raised uh, in a Christian church and I stopped going to church and I do believe in, in uh, God or a higher power. And, and I do believe that we go somewhere after we move on. Um, that being said, it kind of solidified my, my belief that there is something beyond death. There is something waiting for us out there. It's not just, uh, you die and nothing happens. I really, it makes me feel more confident in knowing what I saw and and feeling that knowing that, you know, when I die, some we are going to move on to somewhere. I don't, uh, before this, I, you know, I kind of have the, the feeling that that you know a lot like a lot of people yeah we may go to heaven or we wherever you want to call it we go somewhere but who knows you never know because you're dead so how are you going to know and now i can i feel like i since i experienced this i i don't fear death um i don't obviously i don't want it but i know that uh my family members that have moved on and, you know, pets and things like that, I feel like that they are all in their place, whether it's a different star, a different solar system a heaven, or whatever it is. Um, I do feel more confident since this, since this happened uh, that we do move on somewhere else.
1: I was just thinking about this the other day. I think it was Friday when I was at work. I Imagine if... Science. I'm not talking because people claim this has happened to them where they died. They saw the other side and they came back. We have, we have stories like that, but imagine if science could do that one time, one time, let somebody die, let them die for a month and then make them, make sure they're good and dead and then bring them back to life just one time. Imagine if they did that one time and that person coming back could tell us exactly what's on the other side, how that would change the world. You know what I mean? Like that would change the world forever.
2: It would. It would. And, you know, I, I, I think like this was my experience. You know, I see so many, or you hear so many people say, I saw this white light in this tunnel and, you know, these, uh, without, you know, kind of like a stereotypical near-death experience. I didn't feel any of that. I feel like they may have felt that, and their experience was different than mine. I feel like maybe maybe because of this, everyone's limbo or or places they go after they die or move on, or I think everybody's different. I think this was my place. This was what was designed for me and I think other people may have something designed for them uh that's another uh, thing that I feel like I I think it was my personal place (laughs) yeah was very uh I don't know
1: (laughs) yeah that's interesting man I mean uh I always say that if I went to hell uh my hell would be driving a truck endlessly through a, a California fire with no AC. That would be my hell. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, that that would be hell.
1: I mean, just a never ending driving a tractor trailer through the hottest <sighs> of hot that you can imagine with no AC. That's just that would be hell for
2: me. So <laughs> yeah, That sounds like a blast. Oh dude.
1: Man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. I, I do appreciate you coming on and sharing the story. I know you said that it wasn't going to be super long and that's fine, uh, because what you did share, uh, is very fascinating, very interesting and, uh, very thought provoking. Uh, th- there, there are so many people who experience things like you or, you know, similar things that have stories to share of, actually either dying or coming close to it or like you said you were kind of like in this spot where it just felt like you were in a holding place and the fact that the memories came back to you later is very interesting to me because like we were talking about the whole idea of a dream before uh but usually if it's dreams people are waking up and they're remembering their dreams you didn't that's not the case for you this is something that came back to you Mm -hmm. over time in pieces and so uh i find it very fascinating man i really appreciate you coming on and sharing it
2: yeah not a problem not a problem love your show
1: so well i appreciate it, david so uh yeah keep in touch with me and if this if this ever happens again you better get a hold of me
2: oh of course i i definitely will man yeah and if you
1: <laughs> if you ever remember any other new memories or anything like i'd be very interested in hearing from you
2: okay, okay. sounds good
1: Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, you already know what to do. Go ahead and share this show. I don't care if you share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't care where you share it. But if you enjoyed this show, share it with your friends. Until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye. Let's